Uh, Professor Anna Manon joins me now, Director of the UK in a Changing Europe. Good afternoon to you. Hi, Sheila. How are you doing? I'm fine. I read on the on Twitter that you've been to the dentist. Yes, most unpleasant. <laughs> That's not what we're here to talk about, but good. You can, you can actually speak. Yeah, it's worn off, has it? Yeah, you might you might notice it on certain consonants, but let's see. <laughs> OK, let's have a go. Now, I was reading about Brexit over the weekend, and it was a bit like, you know when you read your old A-level notes and you think, God, that was a long time ago. It, fe- it felt a bit like that, really. Um, you've you've never put the Brexit notes down, though, have you? No, I mean, it's been, it's been sort of rumbling on. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had what was an important decision by the government that they wouldn't extend the transition period. And this week, what we're getting is the logical outcome of that, which is the government releasing its plans for what happens on the 1st of Jan. And now the campaign starts, which is the crucial bit, to make sure that businesses get themselves ready. Because the danger for the government is because businesses are obsessed, quite rightly, with covid and uh and its impact on them that they're not going to start thinking about the changes that will come into effect on the first of jan and they they all point to no deal at the moment don't they no not necessarily because i think uh, no because i think i think it's important to bear in mind that it is it is possible to get a deal that still implies loads of new red tape at borders and it looks to me like that's the kind of deal we're going to arrive at so even if you get rid of tariffs Okay, you're still going to have checks to ensure compliance with things like rules of origin, checks to make sure that things that we export comply with EU standards, checks on livestock and agricultural products. So there's a need for a whole new raft of infrastructure, even in the event that we get a deal, if that deal isn't particularly comprehensive. And it has implications for for Ireland, doesn't it, for Northern Ireland and the Republic? It does. A lot of the announcements this week aren't specifically about Northern Ireland. They're about the sort of the GB EU border. So we're talking about mainly the, but not exclusively the southern ports. But yeah, there are big implications for Northern Ireland. And one of the implications for Northern Ireland is this. If we don't get a deal with the EU, if we end up with no deal, then the border between GB and Northern Ireland gets a lot harder than if we do get a deal with the EU because it necessitates more checks on things going from Great Britain into Northern Ireland. And remember the meeting between the now former Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, and Boris Johnson in a hotel in Wirral. That was meant Mm -hmm. to have ironed those things out. It, 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 It didn't really, did it? It it ironed out a slightly different thing, which was the ability to get to the withdrawal agreement that the two sides signed at the end of last year and ratified earlier this year. And that's fine because that provides this so-called Northern Ireland protocol that means even without a deal, we understand Northern Ireland's relationship with the European Union. What we have to do now is implement that, and we're waiting for the government to give details about its plans for things like customs uh, on goods going into Northern Ireland, because the British government reserves the right to repay tariffs that people have to pay. But the system's quite complicated, and like with everything else, there's a danger we're going to run out of time. And is it fair to say that this was always going to be a one-minute-to-midnight job, ultimately? Uh, well, not necessarily. I think, you know, you've got to understand, and I think it's fair enough, that the government has been sidetracked by the pandemic, clearly. Uh, Michael Gove has said that we'll be phasing in some of the checks at borders over the first six months of next year because of COVID-related delays. But I suppose what that does is it begs the question, if things have been slowed down by covid you could have extended the transition period very easily before the end of June and given yourself extra time, but the government made a a deliberate decision not to do that. Um, 
It's interesting that the MP, the Conservative MP, Damien Green, um, speaking out against the government's plan uh, for these Brexit holding centre, um, uh, mm-hmm. catering for thousands of lorries in, in his constituency. Uh, he, he's just going to have to sock it up by the looks of it, isn't he? Because it was a heavily leave constituency. They invited this upon themselves. It wasn't inevitable that we would need this sort of facility because if you think back to the referendum in 2016, the day after the referendum, no one was quite certain what Brexit meant. And you could, I suppose, have envisaged a far softer sort of Brexit, one that involved, say, a customs union or perhaps membership of the single market. And that would have kept these checks to a minimum. What has happened is we have a government that says, actually, it's the politics of this that are crucial. And the politics of this dictate we should not be in a customs union and we don't want to be under EU rules. And as soon as you say that, then you will need these uh, lorry parks because there's going to be a lot more paperwork. Things are going to slow down. Certain drivers are going to arrive at the port with the incorrect paperwork and they've got to be parked somewhere so they don't slow up the rest of the traffic. So once you have a significant amount of friction, you need a place to put those lorries. And aside from trade, we've got the immigration announcement at 2.30, there or thereabouts in the Commons, post-Brexit immigration rules, and also advice, uh, an ad campaign for UK holidaymakers on mobile phones and travel insurance and medical insurance and the like. Yeah, I mean... Brexit changes things. I mean, there was no point doing Brexit if it didn't change things. So uh, when it comes to immigration, we, we are now in a position to end free movement, which was always the stated intention of the Leave campaign. And here, what you'll find, I think, is that rules for Europeans will get tighter. Rules for non-Europeans will get slightly more liberal. Again, there's a practical question haunting this, which is can the Home Office get the system in place and functioning by the start of January? Many observers are very sceptical about that. And yes, when it comes to holidays, things like roaming charges, it's now up to the phone companies because we're not under those EU regulations. And of course, the EHIC card, that famous uh, holiday insurance card, will, if we don't negotiate something else, cease to apply. So people will have to take out travel assurance to go to the European Union. Good to talk to you. Uh, thank you, Professor Anna Manon, Director of the UK in a Changing Europe.